Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Wow, is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass up the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Bernard, touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing in the miss. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7 FM heard wherever you are whatever you are doing ESPN seen heard and everything in between ladies and gentlemen on qsportstalk.com where you can watch the show you can uh, use the live chat function throughout the show Opine as much as you'd like, and the show within the show. When the radio audience goes to commercial breaks, you do not at QSportsTalk.com because we keep the microphones on. We give you your exclusive content conversations and all sorts of hijinks and tomfoolery. I mean, come on. Come on. Does it get better than today? 72 degrees, clear, sunny skies in central New York. It's a Chamber of Commerce day out there. They're out there taking pictures to say this is what Syracuse, New York can be. There was no spring. We went right from winter to summer. It's usually how it goes. It's going to be like this all week. So for the love of God, get some vitamin D. Get outside. Take us with you wherever you go between the hours of 4 and 6 or listen to the podcast on demand, which you can get by subscribing to ESPN Syracuse and iTunes. But, man. These are the days we wait for. I hope all you mommies out there had a terrific Mother's Day. I played golf with my mommy yesterday and my daughter. And uh, how about this, kids, if you saw on the social media? But in case you didn't, Uncle Brent almost had a hole-in-one yesterday. Now I get it. Almost doesn't count unless we're playing horseshoes or hand grenades here. But uh, if you saw the picture... Boys, maybe we can put that up on QSportsTalk.com. The photo is at my Twitter feed, Brent Dax Media. Playing um, a lovely little course in central New York. Uh, shout out to Tecumseh. Great place to go play nine holes, have a good time. And fourth hole. Now, it's listed as 245 par four. I think it was a little further back than that. The pins were all the way back. Like, I was almost in the woods it was so far back. And if you're familiar with Tecumseh, you know the fourth hole. It's the one after you go up the big hill after the third hole. And, uh, you know, I'm just messing around. Just first time out this year. As a matter of fact, I had hit balls a few times, but I had not actually got on a golf course until yesterday. 
And I think that's the best way to play. Just don't think. Just grip it, rip it, let it go, and have fun and be loose and sunshine and having a good day, enjoying myself. And I felt good off the tee. And I'm looking over. I thought I actually went left of the green. I'm looking over there looking for my ball. My mom's like, um, your ball's right by the pin. I mean, we're talking this much, like just like two more rotations of the golf ball. It is the closest I have ever come to a hole-in-one. So darn close. And I'll probably never come that close again in my life. But that would have been pretty sweet because that's a par four. I mean, how many times do you get a hole-in-one using your driver, right? So had a blast, played well, cleared the gully on, uh, what is that, the seventh hole, and uh, hit a, about a 25-foot birdie putt yesterday. I, like, I, yeah, I was going, man. That's hot. I'm not going to play that well the rest of the year. That's the thing. Like, it's all downhill from here because I'll get in my own way on a golf course the rest of the way. But had a fabulous weekend. Went to the Crunch game on Saturday night. And uh, sorry that uh, my presence, uh, yeah, that, that's why the Crunch lost probably because Uncle Brent went to that game. But a great weekend to play off hockey. Great weekend overall. Hope you had a great weekend as well. But let's get it rolling here. On a Monday, we're going to talk some Syracuse football later in the show. A significant injury has been reported by the great Nate Mink in the quarterback position. Now, it's not Garrett Schrader, but it it is certainly an intriguing injury for the Syracuse football team, which you never want to hear about on May 9th. So we will discuss that. Ten-question blindside on the way. How about Rich Strike? If you haven't seen the video of this, most of you probably have, but there is an awesome video circulating. of It's like the aerial shot of the Kentucky Derby, and even the play-by-play guy, we're going to listen to the clip later during hot takes, like, until the last second, doesn't even, I mean, he knew he was there, but didn't say his name until he crosses the finish line. It was an excellent call, an excellent Kentucky Derby. The 80-1 to shot takes it home. We're going to talk about how the manager of the Texas Rangers saying petty things. Yankees had a uh, no-hitter going through, what, eight today? before they lost that in the eighth inning today. So we'll keep you updated on that score, what's happening there. The best bet to win a national championship from the teams that did qualify from Central New York for the NCAA lacrosse tournaments, both men's and women's. But that's where I want to start today. And even though Syracuse on the men's side did not make the NCAA tournament, rest assured this is something that could happen to them. And I think it's almost better to rant about this as passionately as I'm about to and feel as passionate about this as I do with Syracuse out of the game. I don't root for Notre Dame. I have no ties to Notre Dame. But when someone is robbed, someone is robbed. And this was shades of last year. It's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but it was around this time last year when the LeMoyne women's lacrosse team was snubbed out of the NCAA tournament and the worst NCAA tournament snub in any sport I have ever seen. Now, it's weird circumstance. They had a shortened field last year due to COVID and all things considered, it was a strange circumstance, but it did not justify in any means you could think of leaving that team out of the tournament. If you recall, LeMoyne went 13-1. and They had the gall to lose the NE10 championship game at the end of the year by a single goal. But by any measurement, 
that was one of the best teams in the country that deserved a spot in the tournament. And to this day, I cannot believe that that committee left them out. But see, this is the problem. These committees that are made up of these athletic directors and other officials that clearly don't do the most important thing their job requires them to do. Watch the freaking games. Know the sport. They get lost in RPI. They get lost in analytics. They get lost in strength of schedule and this and that. How about you do this? Use your freaking two eyes. Did you try that? Because how you left Notre Dame out of this tournament is a travesty. It is unjustifiable. It is unexplainable. Notre Dame is an NCAA tournament team, bar none, period, end of discussion. Now, every year someone's going to get left out. It's the beauty of March Madness in basketball, NCAA tournaments and other sports. Someone's going to get left out. There are 18 spots in the NCAA men's lacrosse tournament, which is actually some people are out there screaming to expand the field. I'm not one of these people. I don't think you have to. If they did, I wouldn't hate it because it would avoid situations like this. I don't think expansion is the answer. Like, when you look at it percentage-wise, Terry Foy of Inside Lacrosse actually had a, a great tweet about this. And you can check out his Twitter feed to get the percentages. He actually went through and looked at the percentage of teams that play certain sports that make the tournament. It's typically around 25%. Some people were questioning why there's more women's teams in the tournament than men's teams. It's simple math. There's more women's lacrosse teams at Division I than men. So that's why there's 29 teams in that tournament, but it is a percentage of the number of Division I programs that exist. So I don't even think expansion is the answer. It should be hard to make the tournament. It should be, I mean, the qualifications are basically finish 500 or above, and then you're at the mercy of the committee, which relies so heavily on RPI which the people in basketball discovered is certainly a measurement that can help guide you to a decision, but shouldn't be the only one. The lack of human element, the lack of common sense, the lack of lacrosse watching that goes on on that committee is startling. Okay, I don't know Donna Woodruff. Didn't even know her name until last night when it was revealed, it, some people certainly knew ahead of time, but most didn't because they, they do the typical thing. And kudos to ESPNU, by the way. I don't know if this is the first year they've done this or not, so I don't want to be wrong about that. But what I liked is they did the men's and women's bracket together because that's what they should do. So kudos to them. So they did the men's bracket and go through it, and what overshadowed the unveiling of the women's bracket, which was not quite as controversial. Syracuse did make it, and we'll get into an interesting conundrum that the Syracuse women's lacrosse team is in coming up in the next segment. But because there was so much controversy in the way Twitter works and how quickly word like this spreads, and the lacrosse world's locked in. Everybody's watching the same thing at that moment. It took some shine away from the women's tournament, to be honest with you. So what should have been a good thing actually turned into a bad thing by no fault of their own. Donna Woodruff is the athletic director at Loyola. I don't know this woman. I'm not going to criticize this woman personally because she is going by the standards to which the committee has to operate, but I'm sorry. Part of what they have to do 
with these committees is put people on them that watch lacrosse games, that know the sport. If you're the athletic director at Loyola, you're probably busy being the athletic director at Loyola and cannot dedicate yourself to making sure that the right teams are in the NCAA, in this case, Ben's Lacrosse Tournament, or whatever committee you're overseeing. It was the same stuff that happened at LeMoyne last year. Whoever that administrator was at whatever college, I'm sorry, you, you're busy doing what you do, and you cannot dedicate yourself. You do not have the means to put the right teams in, because clearly LeMoyne would have been there, and clearly Notre Dame would have been there this year. The new Inside Lacrosse media poll came out today, and this happens every Monday through the season. Notre Dame was number four in the country. You're telling me the fourth-rated team in the country from the people that actually do watch the games and know the sport doesn't belong in the tournament? Because here's what it was explained away, okay? Patrick Stevens, he's been on this show a number of times doing basketball bracketology and is an expert on bracketology in general, wrote an excellent piece, which I suggest you read on USA Lacrosse Magazine's website today, just to reiterate a tweet that he had, who says this, quote, just talked with committee chair Donna Woodruff about how the final at-large teams were selected. Long story short, Duke's losses to teams outside the top 20, Jacksonville, Loyola, Syracuse, knocked them out, and Duke getting discounted damaged Notre Dame. One has nothing to do with the other. Duke, Notre Dame. Now, one thing that Notre Dame honestly could hang their hat on, at least we thought, was that they swept Duke this year. Duke played more games than Notre Dame. Duke actually plays a loaded schedule every year for this purpose. It can hurt them because you could slip up and lose some games. And by the way, losing to Jacksonville, there's no harm in that. Jacksonville didn't make the tournament. They lost their conference championship game by a goal to Richmond, who, by the way, is coached by a West Jenny alum. That has nothing to do with one or the other. There's only one ACC team in the field this year. And look, ACC lacrosse was down. That's not a surprise. But as our friend Anish Shroff, who, thank goodness, he put this in perspective better than anybody last night on Twitter and, and held that committee's feet to the absolute fire. His tweet in response to that was, translation, we didn't watch the games. And he is 150% right about that. So this is an injustice. It, one of the reasons I am passionate about it is this could happen to Syracuse. Now, it's not an apples-to-apples apples comparison. Syracuse plays a tougher schedule than Notre Dame every year. Syracuse typically has one of the toughest schedules in the country. When Syracuse is eligible, they're going to get in. Right? If Syracuse is eight... Put them in Notre Dame's situation. They're 8-4, and four, won their last six games of the year, and clearly anybody with two working eyeballs or anybody that could see a game, no matter how many of their eyeballs were working, would look at Notre Dame and say, they're a tournament team, and would look at Harvard and say, sorry, you're out. Harvard got in on the tails of what was a great Ivy League. The Ivy League was unbelievable this year. Five of the top eight teams, seed-wise, in the tournament are Ivy League teams. But you're telling me Harvard belongs in this tournament over Notre Dame? Like, stop. You're telling on yourself right there. Folks, this isn't a bubble team. This isn't, like, remember Texas A&M and uh, Buzz Williams this year? There's always a coach or two. It's been Jim Beheim in the past. 
that are doing the Monday round of interviews saying we got wrongly left out of this tournament. Notre Dame is not a bubble team. Notre Dame, this is like a, a clear five seed getting left out of the tournament. Like that's how good they are. Notre Dame could have won the national championship. That's how well they're playing. Teams that are in, and I understand there's a difference between 18 teams and 65 teams in an NCAA tournament, but that's the best comparison I can make to you. Notre Dame is a national championship contender. Do I think they would win it this year? No, because Maryland's going to win it. And if Maryland doesn't win it, then Georgetown's probably going to win it. It's a very short list of teams, especially this year, but Maryland's going to win it, short of you know they get lost and don't find their way to the field on time. Notre Dame is not an 11 seed that has to go through Dayton and sneak its way to the national championship. They could have dogpiled at the end of that tournament and won it, and they're not even there. How this continues to happen is beyond me. It wrecks the integrity of the sport. It wrecks the integrity of what should be a great tournament. And how in 2022, when we keep talking about the strides that lacrosse is making, This stuff keeps happening. You can leave Harvard out, and maybe Harvard would be upset, but it wouldn't be an injustice. The entire integrity of the tournament is now in question. That's how bad this is. Oh, and by the way, Maryland, the top seed who I just talked about, one of the most dominant runs in the regular season in the history of the sport, you know what the reward is for that? They might have to play Virginia in the next round and likely will play Virginia in the next round. You know, the two-time defending national champion, Virginia, who, yeah, wasn't mighty Virginia that they usually are this year, but it's tournament time. You tell me Virginia can't knock off Maryland in the quarterfinals? Now, Maryland shouldn't get a cakewalk into the Final Four. This thing should be hard, but what is being the top overall seed reward you with? This committee's a joke, and this needs to be completely blown up and done in a completely different fashion. But are they going to do it? No. They're going to take the hit for a couple of days and nothing will change. Even though you had, speaking of Virginia, Lars Tiffany, one of the smartest voices in the sport out there, I think rationally saying in, in Patrick Stevens' article that I referenced, it's time for more of a human element in these things. You can't just look at an RPI and they screw that up. Duke was number seven. Duke had the highest RPI in the history of the sport in a team that got left out of the tournament. I could justify Duke being out, though. Ohio State beat Duke. Duke, you know, look, they should be in, but no one's going to be running around in circles crying bloody murder because they're out. You should be about Notre Dame. Notre Dame should be in this tournament. And this one day down the road, if they don't change this, could be Syracuse. It could be. This is a Syracuse team now that in its next few years, this is the first time they did not make the tournament since 2007. And to rely on a committee that's got this kind of criteria in an ACC where weird things like this could happen and you could be in that exact same spot, it is better for me to rant about this when Syracuse has nothing to do with it as opposed to if Syracuse was the team that got snubbed because I feel just as passionately about it. I can't even imagine what my rant would be today if Syracuse got left out this way. But things are more personal when it hits closer to home. 
there is a Syracuse lacrosse team in the NCAA tournament. Among the Syracuse women's team, who's got a very interesting story of their own in terms of the path they've got to take in the tournament, lack of hotel space this weekend, this upcoming weekend, in central New York has forced Syracuse to play elsewhere. We will get into that. Plus, of the teams in the tournament, who's the best bet to win a national championship? We will discuss. We've got a lot to do on this gorgeous day in central New York. We're back at it. We'd love to hear from you throughout the show at 437-7644 in the chat at QSportsTalk.com as well. Let's get our stock market update here on this Monday. Uh, Bill, hope you had a lovely weekend. Uh, last I looked, the market not doing so hot. Did it rally before the close? It did not. Uh, the Dow finished down 653 points, or nearly 2%. So we're in a pretty good correction, but to be honest, it's providing a pretty good long-term buying opportunity for anyone out there. Uh, we're, we're due for a bounce. Things are getting a little crazy on the downside. But uh, a few diamonds in the market today. Um, Pfizer's uh, German partner with COVID, Botanex, uh, rose uh, 6% following strong earnings. Uh, and they, they commented that they're going to be working working with Pfizer in the fall for a uh, next-generation COVID vaccine. So it looks like we're going to be having to take vaccines again next fall, but that's all right. And then on the downside, plenty of uh, stocks to the downside. The electronic trucks and car makers, Rivian and uh, Lordstown Motors, were both down sharply as, uh, um, you know, the appetite for risk has kind of gone away, at least in the short term. And uh, that's it. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, sir. Good buying opportunity out there. That's why we get that great advice from our friends at Lee Baldwin and Company. Market looks down, but they will find the diamonds in the rough for you and avoid the dog, especially on a day like today when the market took it on the chin. We will break on that note. We will return. We'll keep talking some lacrosse. Best bets of the teams that did make the tournament to win a national championship here in Central New York. Stay right Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Did you miss the Devo show with Eric Devendorf and Chris Joseph on QSportsTalk.com? Yeah, I probably went a little too far. We probably would have won 10 games without Jerry, but not many more. <laughs> you know, he had a monster year, and then he had a monster Big East term. So he yeah. validated what I had said about him. The Devo Show, Wednesday at 10 a.m. on QSportsTalk.com, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is a Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back, friends. Let's jump right in the uh, pool here as uh, Josh has stepped in with 10 questions during the Q Sports Talk break. I was uh, telling a story of having parties back in the day. Would have got away with it. Somebody didn't call the other house. It was worth it, though. Back in the phone book era. Back when we had phone books, Josh. The stinking phone book got me caught. Couldn't they still imagine. make those things? I don't. I haven't seen a phone book come around in a couple of years. The only time I was right in the recycling bin. Ever though. seeing a phone book was when I was like very, very young, sitting at the kitchen table, and I like couldn't quite reach the table yet. I would sit on the phone book. As a Look, there was seat. something like, you know, when you were in high school or middle school, and let, let's say there was a young lady that you were fancied, and like you had to like look up the number in the phone book, mm-hmm. right? And then you had to sit there and debate with yourself about, do I call, do I call, do I call? Then when you make the call, you don't you know no who, exactly... 
What if their dad answers? Oh, what I didn't even think about that. Answers? That's bad. Right? Like, there was a whole process, but now. That's way too much effort. Get a number and you don't even have to talk. All you do is text or Snapchat or InstaFace, whatever you do. Let's go on to InstaFace. It's time yeah. for the blind side. InstaFace is a new one. Back in my day, we had to make real phone calls from the phone book. Anyway. How much money would I have needed to bet on Rick's strike to win for it to have been a valid excuse to not show up to work today? <laughs> it's from the odds? Not a lot. Like, if you put 50 bucks on that at 80 to 1, what's that payout? 400. No, I did the math wrong. Four grand. Kev put five down. To win 400. To win so 400. Bucks, four grand. So, yeah. Would that have been enough? I'm asking you. Oh, I, you're I asking think, me. I don't think four grand is enough to knock you up to work. I don't. I, I'd say... I would Do you mean like not show up today or not show up again? Today. Like if you had texted me over the weekend and said, I just won four grand on Rich Strike, I would have given you the day off. I would have been like, good on you, man. Go celebrate. Yeah, I guess. Right? I, I, it's probably a little bit more than that, just thinking in terms of. I'd probably... I wouldn't have even been jealous. Like, why didn't you get me in on that action? Like, yeah. I, would, I would have congratulated. I, I think it's got to be 100 bucks to win $8,000, and then it's a full extend the weekend bender. That's a good line to draw. I, I think that's the number, but I'm not sure. Um, any kids are available to run Newhouse at night for me on September 19th? We're already looking way ahead to this. What is happening on September 19th? Oh, that Monday Night Football doubleheader that your Buffalo Bills are participating in with the Tennessee Titans. So I believe this is going to take the Bills out of the Thursday night opener. Although there's probably a theory that that gives them reason to be in the Thursday night opener because you want some space in between that game and, and your Week 2 game. Well, There's talk the Bills do open at home, though. Because that Tennessee Titans doubleheader, that's week two. And I don't know if they'd immediately give them the Thursday to Monday full-on mini-buy. I'm sure Paulie appreciates you're already thinking ahead. Yeah, I think ahead. I to finding someone walk to, the Bills to fill in for you that night. Now, Hopefully I can go to the Bills game. The reason you would want that night off is to watch the game. What makes you think that I would fill in for you? To do that, uh, and, I'm just asking. I'm and, asking around, and miss someone's going to hopefully do it. We'll see. You got a few months. You'll got. Get a, I got some time. Um, speaking of football, any thoughts on Stephen Ross reportedly making as much money hosting the Formula One race in Miami this weekend as he does for the entire NFL season? God bless America, right? My thought on uh, the F1 race this weekend, though, we didn't get to this in hot takes, and I believe this was we have, hilarious. I believe we have the audio. Of this, this was so, so funny. There's a reporter for the BBC, right? And he's walking around talking to celebrities, and I can't find the audio. It's in here somewhere. Have it somewhere. Oh wait, here it is. So this guy thinks he's talking to Patrick Mahomes, but it wasn't well, Patrick no, Mahomes. He, you you right? don't have it in the clip. He was running for like two minutes to try to catch him, thinking he's Patrick Mahomes. So this BBC reporter thinks he is caught up with Patrick Mahomes, but uh, no. This is crazy. I've never been to an F1 race. This is this is spectacular. It's amazing to be allowed right in the middle of the competitors just before the race starts. Yeah, now you can see they're locked in. It reminds me of myself. Uh, 
We're real focused. Okay, it's not Patrick. That's why he ignored me in the beginning. But what is your name, sir? Harlow, Bancaro. Right, okay. Well, I thought I was talking to somebody else. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's just so had, like, much he, in that clip. He just had no idea he was talking to a He had no idea who he's talking to. He ran for two minutes to catch him, realizes his mistake, but, and then right at the end there, did you catch that at the end? He's like, okay, whatever. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> this was just one clip of like 20 minutes of him out there yes. running through like all the cars trying to find interesting people he to interview. He caught up with Venus Williams but and was talking to her. and She, she was, was like, like running around looking for people to interview. And obviously me this knowing. This is right before the race, right by before the way. Right before the race. Yeah. Obviously me knowing Josh Allen is there with the McLaren team just hanging out. Hoping that he'd somehow find Josh Allen there to interview him. Because, you know, you can't find Patrick Mahomes. Maybe find the other elite. So NFL like are you in now? He walked right past it. Are you like an F1 guy him. now? Are you like I'm not in? like a full F1 guy. I watch it because it's fun, and there wasn't too much else on Sunday at 3:30. Right, but yeah, it's definitely a unique sport to watch. There's a lot of unique I'm just aspects fascinated. of it that are unlike any other. Sport. Like out of nowhere, because of a Netflix series. This it's is very like a thing. Again. There's some, there's some interesting characters in it. I'll take your word for it. Whatever, <laughs> you're not Patrick Mahomes. That's amazing. Next one for you here. Um, did Embiid get robbed of MVP? I don't think so. I don't think he got robbed. I mean, it was either him or Jokic, and I, I'd be good with either one. Say he got robbed. Don't you have I, to I like win I, playoff I, games? I, though? No, I don't think so. Don't. I mean, I think you saw in those first two games against Toronto, and then Embiid coming back in these two games. Would I hate how much it, he it if they? Held this off to the end of the playoffs? No. I think the playoffs should play a factor in something like who's the best player in the league or the most valuable player in the league. But based on current criteria, like you can give it to Jokic and feel good about that. Which, by the way, my man's like already home in Serbia. Like, he's gone. <laughs> we'll, have stick to, around. we'll have to mail you the trophy. <laughs> um, is James Harden back? No, I wouldn't go that far, but. It's kind of sad in a way because James Harden showed like he can still do that. It's just like once every six games now he shows something like that. Yeah. Billy making a little run. If he does do that, Miami's in big trouble. Big trouble. Big trouble. Interesting game five. Um, or is game four tonight? I think it's five. I think you're right. Um, what a shame the Yankees do that no hitter, huh? It's all broken up again. What a shame. So disappointed. Would we have gotten our second combined no-hitter from a New York baseball team? Well, no. He went out for the eighth. He blew the no-hitter. Right. But let's say they went to the bullpen. Let's say they they got out of that early. To have two combined no-hitters from the same team in the same city within two weeks, that would have been pretty unique. Would have definitely been. I would have almost rather see it go down that way. And speaking of the two teams, in would New York, Chris Woodward, the manager of the Texas Rangers, consider that to be a legit no hitter in that ballpark? Don't really care about his opinion. That dope. Anyway, I do want to ask though. You mentioned those two teams in New York. Who's the best one? Well, there is only one team, Josh, that has twenty wins. There's actually two. Right now. Oh, there's two now. After the Yankees won. Well, you got there first. We did get there first. Print the t-shirts. I'm always going to side with your Mets. 
appreciate that. Thank you. Just know when this, when the fall happens, it's going to hit harder than usual. Just pad yourself for that. But what if it doesn't hit? I have no ground to speak here as a Red Sox fan. They are an atrocity right now. But Matt fans, just as you know, just keep an eye for that other shoe to drop. That's all I'm saying. We'll finish on QSportsTalk.com and wrap up the show next.